Dr. Paul Kuterman, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School White Paper Series podcast today. I know that you've been looking at how innovation has traditionally helped to shape society, but in particular to the financial markets. What have you found? Innovation has always been one of the most important drivers of the way society has fulfilled itself. Social welfare has increased over time. Innovation is what drives productivity, and productivity is, of course, what is at the base of standards of living of people. And that's equally true for finance as other industries. In finance, you could take many examples of innovation. Financial products such as mortgages, that would be a bread and butter product. That is one where social welfare has increased or has been enhanced enormously because of financial engineering in a very, very uh, early stage. Why, in particular, do you think that innovation is relevant to the financial markets? Is it, you've talked about mortgages, but but some of the bonds and, and how the packages are now wrapped up and everybody's talking about in the news. Is that innovative in terms of the financial markets? Just as in any other industry, innovation breeds innovation. It's products that have been engineered, services that have been created, that makes it possible to create other services and products on top of those. So taking mortgages again, starting with the pool of mortgages that a financial institution or a lender may have uh, generated, it has been possible, and that has been one of the innovations we have seen, for securities to be created on the back of these portfolios of mortgages. Uh, and, of course, innovation has perhaps run away a little bit in this because that, that's the inevitable logic of innovation, that um, innovation breeds innovation. Well, then one might ask about the financial markets. Has there been too much innovation in the sense that perhaps people didn't know what they were buying? They may have had an idea of what they were selling, but, but did it innovate too far? Yes, I mean, in fact, uh, at a very basic level, it is probably true to say you cannot have too much of innovation because in a very standard context if you take a a normal consumer product for instance a product that is innovative either stands or falls by its merits so if consumers like it they buy it and of course if they don't like it they don't buy it the producer of this innovation can live or fall on the basis of the popularity of the product It's different in finance, though, because finance has a way in which it interconnects the financial positions of the rest of the economy. All the financial institutions tend to get interconnected by securities that they buy or sell, created by one or the other. And so it is true that you can have destructive innovation in finance, whereas it's hard to say there would be destructive innovation in many other contexts. What about regulation? Surely regulation and regulatory bodies are there to protect the buyer, uh, to protect the public, if you like, who may be buying some of these very complex financial products. Yes. I mean, there certainly has been a failure of regulation that we have seen over the last few years. Normal bread-and-butter regulation would be regulating banks in terms of their prudential, in, in terms of the prudential way in which they carry out their businesses, their activities, and that's really been, we are, we are well-versed in the methods of doing that, and the regulators have probably done a good job in the standard regulation of banking activity. But 
Of course, what happened, um, perhaps unseen or unnoticed by the regulators, both in the US and the UK, was that the systemic character of the financial system had changed or was changing at a very rapid pace because of these innovative products infiltrating the balance sheets of the financial institutions. And I think there, nobody else can be held to blame. It is not the innovators because it is in the nature of a businessman to create innovations. But the way the system as a whole gets connected together in harmful ways through this network of interlinkages, only the regulator should have been able to see that. And of course, they did not they did not get alert enough, early enough, for them to realise the harmful consequences. Well, if we look at the products, did the products become too complex? Yes, indeed. But that, again, is the nature of innovation. Um, as Shampita himself, the prophet of innovation, said a long time ago now, he said that uh, the normal thing that an innovator is seeking, of course, is profit margins. And as soon as a product becomes standardized, the profit margins decline, and the way to squeeze out more profit from a new product or service is to generate a variation of it, which may be inevitably more complex. So that's the way in which innovation breeds itself, is by getting more and more complex, to the extent that the products may not be very transparent or clear to the people who are buying it, uh, that, of course, makes it hard for the buyers to compare products, and that's the source for profit margin. So, yes, um, products do keep getting more and more complex, but that's the natural you know, force in innovation. But then the market kept expanding, so you had a problem with the products themselves, and then you had a problem with the ever-expanding expanding market. That's true. Uh, again, the other component of innovation in a very standard sense would be for the market to keep expanding. That is one of the typical modes of innovation is to extend the reach of the market. Now, of course, it's true. The market expands in anything that you might think about. Uh, take any consumer product. Markets have expanded over time. New classes of buyers have come into the market. Uh, and that's what innovation has paid off in those terms. In the case of finance, that was true. I mean, if you take day traders, uh, people who really are otherwise innocent of finance, but have suddenly, because of technology, and because of the experiences they have seen of other people making good money out of the stock market, day traders, noise traders, as they have sometimes been called in the financial jargon, you know, got into the market in very large numbers, uh, and that has been expanding the reach of the market. But that's just not limited to pure stock market participation. It is also equally true in these complex financial securities. If you were to think about financial professionals who, were, who could really be in many, law, in, in many cases, they could just be called corporate bureaucrats because they were well-versed at some aspects of finance but not really financial engineers, they were the ones who would have been buying and selling the securities uh, on behalf of their financial institutions. And getting them into the market was a large part of the source of profitability of the innovators. So in that case, are there any lessons for 2009, for the future? I mean, Sonia Gandhi said the poor had nothing to do with fancy-sounding financial instruments. But, but can we actually say that we can reform these products and these markets? 
Well, clearly, uh, there will have to be a very, very massive rethink of the entire nature of governance of the capitalist system. The problem is far more uh, deep and fundamental than just a matter of regulating finance alone. The problem is the finance, financial industry interpenetrates all aspects of the economy, and therefore regulating finance will certainly take uh, a priority. Clearly, what seems to be necessary at a very basic level is to add a little bit more friction to the market. It should not really be so easy for people who are uninformed at one level to get into trades that they don't quite understand. Now, if there were a transaction cost of some kind in getting in or out of a market, that might reduce the amount of noise trading, the um, amount of uninformed trading, which really has a tendency of taking the market to extremes in one direction or the other. So a little bit more friction might be a good thing. So, of course, with regulation of the market, more from the point of view of watching the systemic character of the evolving financial system and then regulating the system rather than individual banks and institutions within that. Now, that's going to be a very hard task because innovation is never predictable. New products are continuously being thought out by millions of financial engineers right across the world. So, it is possibly a wise thing to have international cooperation in regulation, perhaps even something which is more akin to clinical trials of financial products, if you like, in some way. Now, the contours of that regulatory system is not very clear at this point, but there are quite a few people who really are quite happy to be doing productive regulatory work now more than ever before. So do you think a future crisis in banking and the world could be pre prevented, or do you see this as a time for reform when the markets will never be the same again? Will we just plod on with sticking plaster or do, do you think it will be time for complete reform in 2009? I think the immediate priority of just simply keeping the system moving uh, and not seizing up completely is so urgent that for the moment the solutions that are being touted and being floated and being adopted are sticking plaster solutions uh, at this point. But clearly, in the background and simultaneously, it is absolutely essential to rethink the entire regulatory system so that a more fundamental, secure system is in place. Both of these will have to go alongside because there's no time that we can now spare for a purely fundamental rethink without uh, attending to the immediate seizing up of the financial market. And are you an optimist or a pessimist? You seem to, from your paper, have analysed and diagnosed the problem. And, and that bodes well, doesn't it, for a solution? I am an optimist in the sense, certainly, it is a very resilient system, the capitalist system that we've had. And, of course, people learn lessons. But I think this goes back to a problem of coordination failure, which is a very classic syndrome, which is well known in economics and finance. And regulation is clearly the way forward. Intelligent regulation, extremely talented, competent people who can foresee a little bit the kinds of systems that are likely to evolve and how to make sure that they don't explode out of control. So I am an optimist. And as we go into 2009, any tips to world governments as to, to what they should do and what they shouldn't do? 
I would think getting the regulators together internationally, right across the developed and the developing world, is really going to be the key thing. Because world, we know globalization uh, has probably been led by finance and has been followed through by all other trade and industry. We know there's huge amounts of worry among the voting populations in democratic countries about the amount of insecurity in their jobs and, and of course, now in their financial positions. Now, democratic governments will definitely have to respond to the median voters' concern, the concern of the average person who is going to either put them into power or put them out of power. So it is well within their interests. It is definitely in the prime interest in order to get regulators to collaborate across continents, across countries, in order to make sure that the system that we have uh, in the future, from 2009 onwards, it will be a more secure system. And do you see Judge Business School playing a pivotal role in this, given you've done the research, you've not only analysed the problem, you've got foresight as to what the solution may be? I do think so. I think we'll play a role. There'll be, of course, other institutions and other universities involved, but certainly we have seized this problem as a critical problem, and we have quite a few talented people here who will be analysing the situation going into the new year. Dr. Paul Kuterman, thank you very much indeed for talking to Judge Business School White Paper Series podcasts and a Happy New Year to you. A very Happy New Year to you. Thank you.